Welcome to this week's episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian, philosopher, and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. I think most of us enjoy the company of able people, don't we? I imagine that most of our listeners are probably pretty able beings themselves, or you would not be listening and seeking more knowledge to make you more able. And when we say a person is able, we mean, what do we mean exactly? We mean they can do things successfully, right? Mr. Oxford defines able this way. Definition number one, having the power, skill, means, or opportunity to do something. The example they get here is he was able to read Greek at the age of eight. Wow. Okay. So definition one, having the power, skill, means, or opportunity to do something. And here's another definition. Having considerable skill, proficiency, or intelligence. The dancers were technically very able. So that comes from Latin, habere, to hold. Okay, so like have and hold, able, kind of all related there. Latin, habilis, handy. Old French, able, able. English, late natal English. Easy to use, suitable, able. All right, so if we're in a tight spot, we look around for the able person, don't we? Able to fix things, able to make things go right, able to accomplish things. And people can be able in specific ways. You can be able to dance, able to lift something, able to build, able to sell, able to manage. There are lots of different abilities, probably an infinite number of them. Superheroes have special abilities like x-ray vision and the ability to fly. But of all these abilities, which is the highest ability of them all? Which is a, the superpower which in our most desperate times we wish we had or wish somebody had? I'm going to give you this quote from Mr. Hubbard where he names this ability exactly as he states it, which means I have to clear up for you what he means when he uses the word, quote, Thetan, end quote, T-H-E-T-A-N, Thetan. Thetan means from Mr. Hubbard, the person himself, not his body or his name, the physical universe, his mind, or anything else, that which is aware of being aware, the identity which is the individual. The Thetan is most familiar to one and all as you. End quote. So a Thetan is a being, essentially. It is who you are and who the next guy is. We are all beings. We are all aware of being aware. Thus, in this terminology, we are all thetans. It comes from the Greek letter theta, which was the Greek symbol for thought. All right, so I think I've uh, kept you in suspense long enough. It's, let's find out from Mr. Hubbard what he deemed the highest ability of a being. So in an article dated 6th of January, 1959, Mr. Hubbard states the following, quote, the highest ability of a thetan is to bring Order, end quote. The highest ability of a Thetan is to bring order. Isn't that interesting? When we are in the midst of a chaos, a disaster, a burning building, for example, or a sinking vessel, and where there's mass confusion everywhere, who rises 
to the occasion. Who do we rely on? The man or woman who can bring order. Isn't that so? Everyone's losing their composure. They're losing their cool. They're panicking. We look for the man or woman who can bring order. Look at the current environment. How chaotic is that, our current society? And what do we desperately wish for? Someone to bring order. And what is order? You know, I just did an episode, the last one, in fact, on how to give an order. As a matter of fact, that's what prompted me to do this episode. Because um, to give an order and to bring order are very closely related. Why don't we define them? Here again, we, are, we have Mr. Oxford here. This is a definition of order. It's the arrangement or disposition of people or things in relation to each other according to a particular sequence, pattern, or method. And then they give the example, I filed the cards in alphabetical order. So you're bringing order. Like here we are, you know, we have a burning barn and we've got to do something about it. So somebody's going to set up the bucket brigade. Someone's going to say, okay, the water's over here. And, you know, you guys go over there and you do this and you do that. And they're taking this chaos and they're bringing order. You need to help the animals to uh, escape. You need to calm them down. You need to, you know, and they will assign roles and functions and they will basically take charge. And when they take charge, if they're doing it effectively, then they are bringing order. You get the idea. I've been in a burning barn. I have been. So that's, you need someone who, in that circumstance, who will command the situation. And by commanding the situation, they could command the situation to bring about chaos, more chaos. That's not very hard. <laughs> you know, anybody can add confusion. But to bring order, that's the highest ability. Now, when we say an order, here's the definition of the word order. When you say give an order from Oxford, it's an authoritative command, direction, or instruction. And the example they give here, he was not going to take orders from a mere administrator. So that's an order as in he's giving orders. And that's from the Latin ordo, which is a row, series, Old French ordre, Middle English order. So it comes from row. You know, you put things in order. You're putting them in rows. That's one way to put order in. Let's line up the bucket brigade. Let's line up our soldiers. Let's create a front. Let's create a defense. Let's do this. Let's do that. Put order in. You know, what kind of a coach is it who just says, everybody go out and play? You know, there's a guy who, who can really coach, and he puts order in. Everybody's got a function. Everybody's got a position. What are they doing? They're bringing order. And they use orders to bring order. Isn't that the connection? An order should bring order, shouldn't it? If it doesn't bring order, why grace it with the word order? You know, some people like to issue orders just to issue orders, but they don't bring about any order. They bring about more confusion. You know, they start ordering the salespeople to go on to uh, customer service problems. You know, you sold them, you handle them. I mean, to a, to a degree, there's some correctness in that. Salesmen should be responsible for their sales. But if you want to keep people selling, don't put them on customer service. That'd be a dumb order. And it would just, it would, it's what we call a cross order, which really isn't an order at all because it's creating confusion. You know, you take all the technicians, you know, you take all your tech, you got an auto repair shop, take all your auto repair 
them in and put them through a sales course and demand that they all make certain quotas on income. And it's kind of like, wait a minute, I thought I was supposed to fix cars. Yeah, but we've got a real income crisis. So you all need to start selling. That's kind of, that's what we would call a hey you organizing board, where you start issuing orders that don't bring about order at all. They bring about confusion. Now, wait a second. I thought I was a receptionist. No, 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 no. You've got to come over here and give me a hand, you know, cleaning up this operatory. Now, of course, you might have circumstances, urgent circumstances, where you might issue something like, along that vein or in that way to handle a crisis. You know, you're trying to put out a fire. You're not going to say, well, you know, all these people standing around, put them to work, you know, get them to put out the fire. But if it's not an urgent situation and people are just randomly issuing orders to get people to do different things that are not really their responsibility or their job, then really they're not bringing order at all. They're just creating more confusion. So in our last episode of Business Wise, we had the 12 points of how to give an order. It's actually ended up being 13 because we miscounted, but we didn't want to change the title because we liked it. It's really 13 points. And that is, I guess you could say, part of uh, a three-part series. I didn't intend for it to be part of a series, but it really is part three. This would end up being part one, if that isn't confusing. We're going to do another episode uh, in a continuation of the one I'm giving you right now, which will be part two. And then re-listen to how to deliver an order, the 12 points, as part three, if you will. Uh, the point is that all three of these episodes, uh, they're all sequential, should probably be listened to together because I don't think uh, we made the point adequately in last week's episode how the bearing of the word order to bringing order. So that's why uh, we decided to revisit that today and uh, and bring you this particular episode on what Mr. Hubbard refers to as the highest ability of a being. All right, so let's connect some dots. Now, here's a description of the term leadership from Mr. Hubbard. Now, he's written a lot on leadership, but here's one datum about leadership, very, very important one. Mr. Hubbard says, quote, now leadership is totally the action of bringing order or it is not leadership, end quote. And that from a lecture delivered on the 4th of January, 1959, entitled Leadership. Leadership is totally the action of bringing order or it is not leadership. So you got that? Order is absolutely integral. It's a vital aspect of leadership. If you got a leader, calls himself a leader, you know, commanding, demanding, forceful, but as a consequence of their actions, all you have is more confusion or chaos, that person, you know, guy or girl, are not leaders. And whatever they want to call themselves, they're not leaders. They're, 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 they're chaos makers is what they are. They're confusion makers. They're not leaders, no matter how forceful they are or demanding they are. Orders should bring about order. Leaders bring order. So if you're not bringing order into your business, if you're one of these guys who goes in and randomly tosses off orders that get people doing things that create confusion, then you're not being a leader. So step back and take a look at it and go, are my orders bringing about more order? Now, we're going to now cover an article, the 3rd of November, 1966, from Mr. Albert. It's entitled Leadership. Now, while this is not a particularly long article, it's not short, but it's not super long, it is, it's so very full of critical data. 
that we're going to base this episode and our next episode on this article. Right? So you can look for more on this subject next week. In case I wasn't fully making myself clear earlier, I just want to tell you that we started with the last episode on the 12 points of giving in order. Today's episode is the highest ability, which is to bring order. And then we're going to continue with the next episode, which is again on leadership. And it'll be more on the subject. And then if you want to be thorough, I would go back and listen to the 12 points of giving in order again. And all three of these really should be going together. So let's get into this article. He starts the article again, 3 November 1966. It's called Leadership. Starts it by saying, Leadership is one of the most misunderstood subjects in man's dictionary, but it is based almost solely on the ability to give and enforce orders. How about that? Quote, an order or directive is necessary to bring about coordination of function and activity without which there could be disagreement and confusion. You ever play, you know, touch football or tag or flag football or whatever and You know, you, you got two squads and out of desperation, your quarterback says, everybody go long. Like that is the irreducible minimum of an order. There's no real order. It's just, it's kind of like a hope for thing. Everybody go out and everybody's sort of running in their own direction and so forth. You get confusion because there's no coordination. I, I had a, uh, uh, played a lot of basketball as a youth and, um, I had many coaches, some much better than others, but I remember very clearly a coach that I had that didn't uh, give us any plays. He just said, everybody go out and play, you know? And uh, I guess we were supposed to figure it out. I mean, we had positions, but there was no effort to create any kind of coordination or agreement. And of course, uh, our team stank, you know? It was a, it was a lousy team. Because as the coach, he is the boss and he's the one, you've got all these players with their own ideas of, you know, who's the star and their own ideas of who has strengths and who has weaknesses. And, uh, you know, we would sort of organize ourselves as best we could uh, and had many disagreements, as a matter of fact, uh, got into a few scraps with each other because of what? Because there was no one there creating the coordination. There was no one there creating the agreements, and therefore we had disagreements and confusion. And it was, a, even though we had some quite talented basketball players, including myself, but we were not capable of pulling off any kind of a victory because we had no direction. There was no order. So we were not being led, essentially. Mr. Robert goes on to say this, in an organization, there is more than one person functioning. Being of comparable rank and having different purposes, hats, puts that in parentheses, hats, different purposes, hats, they can come into conflict and disagreement in the absence of a plan or order or directive. A directive would be something that directs you to do something, right? So that's a directive, similar to an order. So without orders, plans, programs, one does not have an organization. One has a group of individuals. We see in earlier policy letters that a group composed only of individuals cannot expand and will remain small. 
back to our athletics analogy, it's well known that a team of all-stars has a very difficult time beating a well-organized, disciplined team of players with less talent, but more coordination and more teamwork and more organization. You throw a bunch of all-stars together and you pit them against a team that's been well-coached, and uh, they really don't have much of a chance because their individual skills and abilities will not take them above the teamwork and organization of the better organized, led, orderly team. But he says some other things that are interesting. He says, oddly enough, such a group will also remain unhappy. It will have a low affinity with the public and each other. And if you know the affinity reality communication triangle, you will realize that all three points drop if one does. Agreement being the basis of reality, you will find a group of individuals will disagree with each other and have a low reality on what they are doing, what to propose, and even what to do. So look at if no one's in charge, no one's leading, and giving orders that become a basis of agreement, then all three points of what we refer to as the ARC triangle, which we've covered in earlier episodes, all three points will go down. I don't want to make the group unhappy, so I'm not going to give any orders. I'm not going to boss them around. I'm not going to just let everybody sort of do their thing, laissez-faire, as we say in French. They can all just go on and do their thing, and everybody will be happy. No, they won't be happy because there is no order. There is no agreement. Therefore, communication will be low and affinity will be low, not just with each other, but with their clients and public as well. So you want to have a high morale group. You want to have a productive group that's in high ARC with each other and with their public and their customers. You must bring order. And that means you must give orders or directives. Okay. So then he goes on to say this very interesting. He says, most people confuse a, quote, taught ship, end quote, with a harshly led ship. Actually, harshness has nothing to do with it. The right word is positiveness. Positiveness, certainty. You know, you, you go to the helm. You, you tend to the sales. You, you're the salesman. You sell. You, you're supposed to make calls and bring people in. Go make some calls. Like, that is a positive direction. It's like, well, I know, guys, it's been a bit rough. Joe, what do you say about do a little few uh, sales over here? And uh, you're the sales guy, right? And, um, you know, how about, you know, this ship is going into a hurricane. Uh, I don't know. Who do you think we should have on the helm? That's not positive. That's not certain. That's not leadership. And there are no orders. You follow? goes on to say here, quote, if a group is led by someone whose programs and orders are very positive, then the group has a chance of going into agreement with one another. And so their affinity improves. And so does their communication and reality. Hey, you know, how many times have you heard discussion about maybe a teacher or a boss or some individual? And the comment about that person is, you always know where you stand with that person. And that's always said in a laudatory way. Have you ever noticed that? It's always said in a complimentary way. Guy could be or girl could be as tough as nails. You will not laugh. You will not cry. You will learn by the numbers. I will teach you. Now get up. Get on your feet. 
But everybody knows where they stand because that person is positive and gives positive direction. Okay, you're manning the phones right now. No and ifs or buts. It's positive. It's certain. There's no question about it. Okay? And positiveness is key to orders because they bring order. A positive direction, positive order brings order. An uncertain one, an impositive one, like we ought to do something about the marketing. Joe, why don't you look it over and see what we can do? And uh, you're pretty good at marketing, aren't you? Even though you're the salesperson, I'd like you to wander over there and take a look at it. Or uh, John, why don't you look into this? John says, I'm the caretaker. What am I doing looking at the marketing? <laughs> I don't know. That's an extreme example, but you get the idea. It's vague. It's not positive. So you're not going to get order as a consequence. So he goes on to say, if a group is led by someone whose programs and orders are very positive, then the group has a chance of going into agreement with one another. And so their affinity improves. And so does their communication and reality. So if one issues no orders, again, this is Mr. Hubbard. So if one issues no orders, a group will remain a group of individuals out of agreement with each other will do little and will remain small or at least non-expanding. I have seen many uh, members whose businesses are not really being run. They are there, all right, and they continue to survive. There are really no orders to speak of, and the group stays about the same size. It's kind of working. You know, you probably, you may have a business like that. You know, we don't do a lot of that. We don't do a lot of orders. We don't really have any programs, really. We just kind of come to work every day and things just kind of move along. That's true. You can have that kind of a situation. It's generally very small and non-expanding. So if you have a business that's kind of been stagnant or it's the same old, same old every day, and everybody kind of knows their roles and there's really no need for any orders because there's really no programs, there's no plans for expansion, then... uh you don't really need this episode, you know, if, that's, if you're happy with that. But if you're not expanding and you're wondering why, this is why. You, you know, as a leader, you have to establish what are your plans, what are the programs to implement those plans, and what are the orders that, when executed, will get those programs and plans completed. That's all you got to do. And if you're doing that, you're leading. And if you're not doing that, you're not leading, and it's more or less leaderless. You know, unless there's some sort of little crisis hits the, you know, you got a little four-man company and suddenly the competition springs up next door and, you know, all of a sudden the leader wakes up to the fact that things aren't going along as normal and he's got to do something about it. So now he gets into some sort of a leadership thing and he'll start issuing some orders because something just came out of left field and socked you in the teeth, right? Excuse me for mixing all my metaphors, but you get the idea. So, you know, okay, I'm a leader when we need leadership. You know, and when do we need leadership? When there's a crisis, when the, when the barn's on fire. But what if you led all the time? What if you had definite plans and programs and you issued orders to get those things accomplished? Now you would expand and now you would have more agreement. And now you would have people working with one another and pretty high morale too, by the way, because they see the forward progress. They feel the ARC between them because everybody's in agreement. We're all going this way. The boss said we're going this way and this is the way we're going. And our goal is this, and our purposes are that, and uh, our products are this, and everything's very positive and certain, and we know where we're going because the boss knows where we're going, and he's letting us know what it is through orders, through bringing order. Okay. 
He gives an example here, Mr. Hubbard does. He says, Bill of equal rank to Joe cannot give an order to Joe, nor vice versa. See, two people that are on the same level can't give orders to each other. They can try and they end up fighting because you're not the boss of me, whatever they say. But you get the idea. Thus, no orders exist between them. Occasional agreements do occur, but as their jobs are different, they rather tend to disagree on what is important. A person with a senior standing to both Bill and Joe can give the two an order, and this becomes a basis of an agreement. The order doesn't even have to be liked by Bill and Joe. How about that? He says the order doesn't even have to be liked by Bill and Joe. If they follow it, they thus, quote, agree, end quote, to it. And being in agreement on this, they get reality and communication on it as well. I can't stand Bill and he can't stand me. But the boss says we got to work together and we got to do I'm doing this and he's doing that. And uh, we'll just do it because the boss will clobber us if we don't do it. So now all of a sudden, Bill and Joe are cooperating. You know, one's making the appointments and the other one's doing the sales. And they start to get along, strangely enough, even though they, quote unquote, don't like each other. So you're building ARC by creating agreement through orders and bringing order. And then he goes on to say this, Mr. Robert, he says, even poorly thought out orders angrily given, if issued and enforced, are better for a group than no orders at all. But such orders are the low end of the scale. That's Mr. Hubbard. Then he says, positive enforced orders given with no misemotion. I think we all can figure out what misemotion is. It's inappropriate emotion. Like you don't have to blow your stack every time you give an order. And you don't have to be in apathy when you give it. You don't have to be crying when you give it. You don't have to be in fear when you give it. You have an appropriate emotion when you give an order not misemotion, inappropriate emotion. So he says, positive enforced orders given with no misemotion and toward visible accomplishment are the need, underlined by Mr. Hubbard, are the need of a group if it is to prosper and expand. L. Ron Hubbard, the group needs your direction. They need your orders. You're starting to see why it's so important to study well 12 or actually 13 points of how to give an order because the, your group's ARC is utterly dependent upon the direction, the orders you are giving them in alignment with the goals of the group, stated goals of the group, and the programs and the plans and the programs of that group. Not random orders, not confusing orders, not orders that don't bring order, real leadership oriented orders. Okay? So um, I think that's enough for today. We're uh, running a little bit long as it is. There's quite a bit more that I want to go over with you on this subject of leadership and orders, and we will cover that in next week's episode. In the meanwhile, have fun with this one. Uh, Re-listen to the, the 12, 13 points, actually, of how to give an order and have some fun uh, building up the affinity, reality, and communication of your organization and its productivity and its expansion. Best of luck. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will talk again next week.